When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Can we start it like, are you recording? Yeah, I'm recording. Okay. Can we start it like um, just casual? Like, mm, this wine tastes really good. <laughs> Super casual. <Let's> talk. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody and welcome to another bread and wine. This is a candid conversation between a husband and a wife while we about break our bread. money. While we break money, oh, I'm gonna mess it up. Oh man, should I do it over? Should I do it over again? I can no, do it over again. It's perfectly imperfect. All right, whatever. Andy, what's up, everybody? Today, <laughs> what are we, we talking about, baby? We need to talk about um, financial advisors ah, and just yes. advice in general. But we'll take it from the perspective from from the pinpoint of a financial advisor's advice. Yeah. Do we listen to it? Mm. And I'll start it like we always do with something that happened this week. Yes. Something happened this week. Yikes. Did your mic flop off? It did. Very. (laughs) Floppy. It's very. um, Floppy mic. High up in the sky. Okay. So um, you got a, um, you got an email, I think. Like a a DM on Instagram. Okay. And it was from a family who is currently, because you just did an episode on Coastify, yeah. right? Coastify being you identify how much money you want in retire, or like, yeah, how much mm-hmm. money you can live off of in retirement. Yep. And then you calculate how much money you need to have in your retirement fund mm-hmm. in order to... In order to get there with time and compound interest. Get there with time yes. and compound interest. So that at a certain point, call it 45, you can be like, hey... I fully funded my retirement account. Now I don't have to anymore. Yeah. At 45, this is going to grow to 3 million or 5 million. That's enough. We should just right. do other things with our money. Yeah. So um, coming off of that ad- advice or episode that yeah. you did, exploring that Coast Fi idea, um, somebody emailed you or DM'd you saying um, that they kind of were feeling like, hey, I, I'm there, or I, you know, I want to pay off my mortgage or I'm like, they, they got to a point where they were like, I don't need to keep investing, but their financial advisor said, no, you should keep investing. Yeah. And so they want, they asked you, mm-hmm. well, what do you think? I need a second opinion. Right. Yeah. So, so they reached out to me and, and uh, my, my first question was around their retirement savings. Yeah. I mean, your, your financial advisor says you should keep, re, you should keep investing. Um, how much do you have for retirement savings? And it was, very good number. It was like a million dollars at 40 or something like that. And I asked how much, how much they live on and they live on a moderate and, you know, 60, $70,000 a year, you know? And so I don't know, just doing these calculations. It's like, how much do you need when you're a 60 something? Like, do you need 10 million? Do you need 5 million? Like, I mean, how much is enough? And if you work the math backwards, you could find yourself to be in a position to maybe slow down pull the brakes a little bit, pump the brakes on retirement savings. So yeah, he reached out and, you know, based on his numbers, I was like, yeah, well, did you tell your financial advisor? Like, Hey, there's some other goals that I'm interested in doing besides just amassing a huge amount of money in my, in my 
later years. Um, the conversation didn't continue. It was more of like a question. We had maybe back and forth a couple, well, couple what things. What was your advice to him? Uh, I, I mean, I, my advice to him and my advice to anybody is to really align your, you know, think about what you, what you care about, what your goals are. How do you maximize your enjoyment in life as opposed to maximizing your wealth? Um, and I think that's, I think that's a goal for, I mean, it's a goal for our family. So, I mean, if somebody's looking for advice on, on our side of things, I don't want to just accumulate wealth and wealth and wealth and wealth and have a big pile of money sitting there one and then die with it. Like that's, I don't know. I would rather see okay. some more enjoyment today. And if for enjoyment for him, he seemed to be really excited about paying off his mortgage. Like, Hey, it would be neat to not have a, have the pride of not having a house payment and never have to worry about it ever again and lower expenses and all the things that go with it. So I, yeah, I mean, you, you, you have to have a relationship with whoever's giving you advice where you have to think about your goals as well. So yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one. So in that sense, um, in, or in that case where he asked you, Hey, my financial advisor is telling me this. Mm-hmm. Is he right? Like, what Is the financial say? advisor right? Should I listen to my financial advisor? Like, hmm. well, I mean, first I mean, things first. I, technically they're yeah. supposed to be, I mean, you've hired them yeah. to be an expert right. and to give you advice. Mm-hmm. So why would you question that? Well, I mean, I guess first things first, you'd message somebody on the internet that you've known for five seconds. Like I would say, I would assume that your financial advisor would probably know more about your background than, than a random dude on the internet um, being me. Like, you know, you watch some funny TikTok type videos that I watched and you're like, oh, this is cool. Like, um, let me, let me ask you what I should do with a million dollars. Like I, I would rather the majority of everybody, um, consult with a professional that they've been working with okay, for a while that knows their information. A horrible experience with a financial <laughs> advisor. That's, that's, like, that's what true. What are you talking about? That's true. But I mean, that doesn't mean all financial advisors are no, out there. But are it also doesn't mean all financial things. advisors are that's so true. smart and you have to listen to everything they say. Let's tell them a little yeah, bit about okay. yeah, yeah. our experience. Well, um, yeah. Do you want me to talk to about it? So, sure. so we, we, uh, so tw- let's go on the time machine back to like 2010, 2011. We were getting on the Dave Ramsey baby step program. I read that book and I'm like, this is fantastic. Um, I, we paid off all of our debt and then it was, t- it was time to take a lot of our money and start investing. And so we did that and we met with a, uh, endorsed local provider through their program. And at one point, I think it was 2012, something like that. We had a big, I had a big sales year. I ended up with a hundred thousand dollars, like a big windfall commission check, hundred thousand dollars, like the largest amount of money I ever had. And we go to our financial, uh, it's like an investment broker. I don't really, I don't even want to call him the financial advisor, or whatever. Um, but we went to him and said, "Hey, we have a desire to buy a home in the next couple of years. What should we do with this one hundred thousand dollars?" And he said, um, you should invest it. We can, I can invest it for you. We'll put it in some, some, uh, not, bond not very volatile thing like a bond fund. And then, then you'll be able to use it. And I didn't really know a lot about a lot. And I, we were trusting the expert and, um, it, it didn't turn out well for us, uh, because I wasn't aware Nicole and I both weren't aware of 
the front load fees that went into our investment with him. So essentially, as soon as he grabbed the hundred thousand dollar check from us and put Which, it into our account, he came straight to our house. Came straight to I our mean, house. I yes. was like, I was like, wow, this guy is so nice. Like he's coming to me instead of me having to drop the check yeah, off. Now I understand why. Right. <laughs> so the first thing he once, made a lot of money on just taking that check and putting yep, it into an account. Hundred thousand dollars, five percent front load gets him five thousand dollars right away. Yeah. Um, that's anyway, a lot that, of money. We, and, th- we cut, and we didn't know whether we were, we were, you know, maybe going to buy a new house. We were, I was yeah. pregnant or something, or I had just ha- had Zoe. Yeah. We, we just had like, Zoe. Well, we're fine in our current house, but in the next five years, we might want yep. to buy. So we want to have our money in something that's very easy to pull it out that we might make a little bit more than the 1% that we're getting in right. our high yield savings account, mm-hmm. but we don't want it to be, we don't want to lose. Yeah. And the bond funds, you know, the way he explained it seemed like it fit our needs. Um, however, we found our dream home like a year and a half later. Yeah. A year and a half later, we were ready to pull the trigger. And by that time, the funds had actually gone down um, and the front load. So we ended up losing like $7,000 on the whole deal, uh, which sucked. It was like we should have just left in a savings account. And right. now, and after that, that kind of spurred my interest in investing. And so, so it was, some, you know, uh, it turned out good because I learned a lot more from that big mistake. But I really think that we felt we, we got kind of salesman as opposed to somebody yeah. trying to help us with our specific situation. Any, anybody with $100,000 that needs to access it within within zero to five years shouldn't put it in any market at all. I don't, I don't, I don't think. I mean, there's so much volatility. There can be volatility in the market, and, um, and it, it's, it's risky. So, so let's explore this. Why do you think <clears throat> he told us to put it? In the bond funds. Uh, what was his motivation? Uh, his motivation was uh, self-interest of um, making money on making commission. Okay. And I don't think he uh, viciously was trying, I'm going to put him in the worst thing. It's like, no, I think no. he genuinely thought, hey, this is a uh, not as volatile way to get into the market. But really, the advice should have been don't get in the market. But he is not a fiduciary. Yeah, He's he not... not um, yeah. He's not somebody that is sworn to put our best interest right. at heart. Yep. Um, but besides that, I mean, it got me thinking about like, where do people's motivations lie? Sure. And I think that we are just wired to come from a situation. If I were to give somebody advice, mm-hmm. um, I'm coming to it from a situation of where my mind is at. Yes. And I'm coming to us to it from a situation of self-interest, mm-hmm. you know? So not that that has to be a bad thing. No. Like, I think you give people advice out of self-interest. Of course I well. do. Absolutely. Yeah. But it doesn't mean you're like, what are your motivations for you to tell somebody to pay off their mortgage, yep. which is advice that, you know, I think sure. that you give a lot. What is your motivation in telling them that? Because it's not, you're not making a percentage. No, I don't, I don't, no, I mean. On what they're paying off on their mortgage. It's not money. Right. So what is your motivation? I mean, I, I, I'll guarantee it comes down to something that it makes you happy. Yeah. Well, my, my altruistic goal is to help more people and with their, with their, 
with their journey, right? But, you know, what's the selfish version of that, right? So a selfish version, as I've expressed on the show uh, uh, quite a bit, is that I really like words of affirmation. So if you guys watch my videos, if you guys leave me reviews, if you guys, whatever, all these nice things that make me feel good inside. So my internal motivation outside of trying to make, call it like whatever, $40,000 a year doing this job um, is is just words of praise and you, that you guys think I'm doing a good job. Honestly, yeah. I'm, I'm like a little puppy dog that needs to be pet on the head that tells <laughs> that to be, you're doing a good job, my boy. You're doing good, you know, but that's, that's, that's oh, who boy. I am. You good boy. You good boy. Uh, and some people don't care. You don't care about the words as much. You don't care about the praise as much. I don't, but I am a very much people pleaser. Like yeah. if I think about, um, what my motivation is, um, I don't know, for, for working hard at work, it's because I want people to like me. I want them to have a high opinion of me. Um, so the self-interest there is I do it for like the dopamine hit. Yeah, absolutely. Same for me. Yeah. I want, I want to make people happy. If somebody says, I listen to your show and it makes me so happy, or I listen to your show and it helped me to make this big financial decision. And I'm so happy with that decision. That's like the ultimate prize for me. It's like opening up a, a Christmas present. Mm-hmm. So this, that's my motivation. So you're, so you're, <laughs> but okay. So if, if, if I mean, yeah, and asking, I want to make money too. I want to make enough money to make, have our family be happy. And right now between your salary and what I'm able to have as a salary for this is I'm t- completely satisfied. So I do have to make some money. So I don't want to make it sound like I'm doing this for, Charity. No, I want to, this is a business. I want to make some money. And with that comes views and reviews and lessons and downloads. Sorry, I interrupted you. Well, I'm just trying to get at the whole thing of, um, if I, as a person am, am like this, this person who reached out to you, who said, Hey, look, my financial advisor is telling me something, Mm -hmm. but obviously there's something inside me that isn't so sure he's right. I'm going to ask for a second opinion. Um, like, what would you tell him? Like, how would you tell him? No, this person is a financial advisor. You hired him to do his job. Let him do his job. Hmm. Or would you tell him? Like, I know my advice to him would be like, you have to listen to your gut. Yes. You can't just put everything that you like, you can't put all of the eggs in somebody else's basket and hope that they're going to like tell you what to do. I think if we look back at what we did with Kyle, um, instead of going to him and saying, we have all this money, what do we do? I think we should have educated ourselves. Like I've blamed Kyle for a long time for leading us into that really bad path. But I think I'm at a point now where I can realize Kyle was just doing what we all do, which is like going down the road of like, like self-interest, um, (laughs) you know, and, and I think he, I don't think that he had ill intent that he was like, Oh, these people are going to lose so much money. But yeah, I do think like he worked for a certain company. He had to sling a certain, you know, product Mm -hmm. and whether he believed in that product or not, you know, I don't know, but he may have been drinking his own Kool-Aid sure. and like been like, this is a great thing for them to get into just because that is something that he works for and that he, you know, needs to believe in to make right. himself feel good. Um, so I blamed him a long time, but now I kind of blame us just as much for oh, yeah. going to him and saying, what do we do? Totally. I think we should have 
Here's a six-figure check. Tell me what to do. Like, right. do it's a like, lot more research. I think we could have gone to him and said, look, we have this. We know we want to invest it in X, Y, and Z. Help us to do that in the right way. Yeah. Instead of just, you know, putting all of the effort into somebody else's hands because... I don't think that they're going to care about it as much as we are. I think I would have done with that what that guy did to me on, on Instagram. I would have, back in 2012, if there were a lot more creators like us out there, I would have been asking around or reading more blogs right. or reading more things, getting more opinions before that big decision. But I was just, I don't know, we were busy young parents and I was working like crazy. And I'm like, well, we hired this guy to be the guy. So he knows what to do. Yeah. But that was blind. That was but blind. Just, yeah. Blind I faith, think, I guess, is what the I word think is. That we all just have to always remember that whoever we're asking advice from, if I'm asking advice from someone on like, I have two children, I'm considering having a third child. What do you think? If you ask somebody with six kids. You ask somebody with six kids. <laughs> Join me. Of course. They're going to say like, I don't you have more. Of course you should have the third. Like, because, yeah. and I don't, I don't think they're necessarily like have this evil plot of he, he, he. Right. No. F- make them have another right. child. But yeah. I think, I think that, um, in a way it helps other people validate mm-hmm. the choices that they've made. Yes. Like, I will tell people. All day long. Yeah, you should totally pay off your mortgage because I did it Uh and um, it made me feel good. Therefore, if you do it too, I feel like you will feel good as well as it will validate my decision. It will make me be like, yes. I know I did the right thing now because somebody else did it. They said they had a good time doing it. Exactly. So it's like, you know, self-interest doesn't necessarily have to be this like evil scheme. Right. It can just simply even just be like it validates my thinking, totally, which makes me feel good. I agree about my life. <laughs> yes, yeah, and I would I would agree with you. I think I I secretly have a little bit of a motivation to see others say, "Yeah, hey, I'm interested in paying off my mortgage." I did pay off my mortgage. I'd be like, "Yay, I'm not alone," you know, because yeah. uh, I yeah, right. Like feels um, like a good idea. My dad sold insurance. <laughs> yeah, and um, he he would try like I think the product that he tried to sell the most was the whole life insurance. Yeah. Um knowing what you and I know now after doing all this research, we would never buy whole life insurance. Right. I mean, we were we're may, way more of the mindset of let me pay a smaller amount per month for a huge premium, but after a certain age it's gone, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's like we'll pay I don't know what for I pay. A term, I yeah. pay 30 $30 a month mm-hmm. for a $500,000 payout if I die mm-hmm. before 65. Right. But if I live past 65, we get nothing. Right. Which is fine because at that point we should be self-insured. Mm-hmm. Now, whole life insurance would be you pay a few hundred a month and then it continues to grow. And if you live to be 65, you get that money back. Mm-hmm. But if you don't live to be 65, that money goes towards your family. Right. But it's a lot more a month. It doesn't make a huge uh, uh, return. Right? Yeah, it's like not it's, as good as investing in the stock market by yourself. What do you get, like 2%? I think it's, I don't know the exact yeah. numbers. I think it's close to like 4% or something yeah. like that. But yeah, you can do better on the market. But it's a lot more a month and the, the coverage is a lot lower. Yeah. Right? Yes, it like, is. Yeah. I wouldn't have a five hundred thousand dollar right cover coverage. You'd, have, you'd have, be paying a lot more to get that five hundred uh, five hundred thousand. Right. Yeah, you only get what you put in, right? 
Um, I don't, I don't know if that's the case. I'm not positive, but I do know that no. you're right. Whole life has a higher premium and, um, higher premium you know, and a lesser payout. Yes. But it doesn't go away after it doesn't like, no, it's, expire it's for your after. whole life. Yep. Right. So there are advantages and term is for to a it term. for sure. Yeah. Um, it's not like a terrible idea or mm-hmm. anything, but just you and I, after doing all the research that doesn't work like, for the us. term, term yeah. life insurance makes way more sense. Mm-hmm. Now, my dad bought a whole life policy for me when I was born. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I'm sure at that point it wasn't like, he wasn't like, how do I say this? I think, I don't know the, the reason that he bought that for me. I don't, I don't know whether it was because he needed to fill a quota for that month of sales, <laughs> right. you know? So he just like bought one yeah. for his daughter. That could have been the case. But what I more so think is that because he was working for this company and the company probably feeds them a lot of, feeds their workers, um, their their salespeople, a lot of the pros and not a lot of the cons Mm -hmm. of those whole life term policies or whole life policies, um, I would imagine that he did interpret that or, you know, take that in and drink that Kool-Aid and then... Um, in turn, really did believe that was a good policy. Right. So I guess I would just say at this point in our lives, like I would look at my dad and be like, why would you do that? Why would you buy that? Um, my motivations are totally different than what his motivations were. Mm-hmm. Like if it, I wouldn't ask him his advice on what kind of insurance I should get. Right. Because he's going to say something completely different. He's coming sure. from a different viewpoint. And... Um, he's motivated personally by what he's selling. Yeah. Yeah. So... I, I, feel, I feel a theme here. Yeah. Well... <laughs> Are you ready to do a key? I think we should do a key week. I am. I, I think we should. And we'll say hi, hello to Carlos before hey, Carlos. we do that. How you doing, buddy? Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thanks. We're doing this a little bit later. We're a tonight, little later. We had an so. ice cream social tonight at, yeah, uh, school, at school, so we're a little late today. <laughs> oh, um, but you always show. Thank you. You're you're a good man. Um, and yeah, let's do some takeaways. And Carlos, if you have any, I uh, you know thoughts on on the, what we've been talking about too, please feel free to throw it in there. Um. I would say my first takeaway, so takeaway number one is, yes, consult with professionals that are educated and know your situation well and hear them out with their advice, but don't discount your own opinion and your own goals and your own research Mm -hmm. because that can go really far. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right. That's the whole, your gut tells you a lot. Yes. Right. And I I mean, I'm thinking about our situation where it's like 30 minutes of Google research could have done me a a world of good. And before I handed that man a hundred thousand dollar check. Hey, I don't think you would have had this podcast if you weren't for Kyle and handing over that hundred thousand dollar check. I have to thank him for that. Held us to learn more. Absolutely. Um, so key takeaway number two, um, I would say, uh, just take advice with a grain of salt and look at where that person is coming from um, and where their motivations may be. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they're a bad person if they have, you know, some self-interest motivations, because I think that's just kind of how we all are. But for the reason of 
knowing that everybody does come from it from their own, you know, selfish point of view, just take advice with a grain of salt. Yes. Because it may not be right for you. It's not fact. It's not factual. It's subjective. Yes. <laughs> Especially with this money stuff. Yeah. Because there's so much... Um, we think it's all just math problems, but it's really not. It's all, it's a lot of psychological, emotional issues and problems and solutions that we're looking for. So when it's just looked at with facts and figures, I think that, I think you're missing a big portion of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that'll be my number three. Yeah. <laughs> number three. Personal finance isn't just math and figures. It's a lot of emotion. Yeah. It's a lot of psychology. And I'd highly recommend looking into that further. Yeah. So in this gentleman's case where he kind of felt like, hey, I think I've hit my coast fire um, number, but my financial advisor is telling me I should keep going. I should keep putting more money into the market, I would just say, if you listen to these three key takeaways, look at why your financial advisor wants you to put more money in. Um, You know, come at it with what is your gut telling you and do a little bit of research. Um, And then just from the perspective of like, knowing that it's not a fact, it's an opinion. Hey, if your opinion is, you're set for the future and you're going to feel really good if you use that money today to pay off your mortgage. There's your answer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so don't not listen to financial advisors all the time, but you know, take it with a grain of salt and do your own research as well. And listen to yourself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. I like it. I like it. Well, cheers, baby. All right. Thank you everybody for listening. We appreciate you showing up and listening to us on the podcast. You can, if you have any ideas or questions or feedback for us, you can uh, connect with us on social media, Andy Hill, MKM. Instagram has been my hangout of choice. Uh, So go there. We're making funny videos. Even Nicole is making funny videos with me now, which is fun. (laughs) Thank you. And uh, yeah, so we're having fun. We're probably going to do it again. Uh, That'll be fun. So connect with us on social media, leave us some feedback. And uh, if you have any other ideas for us to do questions or anything like that, uh, you can do that there at Andy Hill MKM on all social media platforms. Thank you very much. This has been a lot of fun. Cheers, darling. Cheers. Let's go do Friday night movie night. Have a good evening. Bye.